As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Young F.A. Holmes. Ah. Uh. These niggas so scary, won't let them bury me. That's why I keep my 30, I shoot like Gary. And boy, I'm getting money, I'm getting money. These niggas hilarious, I think Welcome back to Don V Fridays. Back in the building, man. Drift coming, drift coming in from Miami, man. You come back with that shit. You got you. Yeah, you got COVID. How you feel? I survived. I'm alive. It's fucking crazy. It was nuts down there. Absolute a disaster. We originally stayed in uh in South Beach, and then when the they imposed a curfew on like Saturday night, and uh it went to shit real fast. They were blocking off whole fucking bridges and shit. So we left and went to Brickell, mm. which is downtown Miami, and that was way better. And then so we just got back on on Tuesday, but. My cousin's husband is a police officer from Miami Dade County, and he uh, he called me and he was like, "Bro, honestly, I would get the fuck out of there if I were you." He was like, "This is the worst weekend I've ever seen Miami South Beach, and you just need to leave." So I was told my friends, I was like, "We need to fuck out of here. I don't care about how much we pay for a hotel. It's probably not good to be here." But I'm excited to be back. I, you know, we took a break from the podcast last week. I was I was real busy, but we got a full VT episode coming up, so that'll be good. Full VT episode. You came back. You don't got COVID. You don't get HIV. Yeah. I tested, so I'm I'm about to get my test real bad. You ain't but... put your tongue in the wrong cookie jar. Yeah, I'm Play good. I'm good. We're good. Yeah, I didn't really go to that many clubs. Honestly, we were more doing stuff during the day. Clubs were so expensive on there. It's fucking ridiculous. I don't have that type of money either. I never. Be, I never been to. State of Florida, further south I've ever been is Georgia. So, well, if you ever go down Atlanta, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna act a plump. Best believe we're gonna be back to normal when I go to Miami because I'm gonna be acting a plump fool. <laughs> but let's get this show started. eBay sneakers from where rare dead stock to the latest release. You can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay as the original sneaker marketplace. eBay is the place to go to cop a pair you've been eyeing. And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authentic- authenticators, authenticators, words fucks me up every week, bro. It <laughs> 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 word be beating my ass every week, and I know it's coming. <laughs> uh, independent authenticators perform a real. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchased before they're sent to you. So you can shop confidently knowing your pair is the real deal. And for the sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on all sneakers $100 and up, making it free to sell or flip your collection with other sites taking in as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for more sneakers. Check out ebay.com slash sneakers today. In partnership with eBay, Armchair Media will be raffling off four custom-made sneakers. Each purchase you make before March 31st through ebay.com slash sneakers will enter you into a drawing for a pair of one-of-one Air Force One low tops. Just send a screenshot of your purchase to at Armchair Media on Twitter or Instagram. Once again, ebay.com slash sneakers and bet online for all my March Madness folks out here. All my Oral Roberts supporters. They Oral Roberts. I don't know the name of that school. Yeah, blowjobs. Some, yeah. Oral Roberts fans, uh, Loyola Marymount fans. Sister Jean, are you motherfuckers out here gambling on March Madness? Uh, college basketball, NBA. Shout out, to, peace to LeBron James, high ankle sprain. <laughs> we praying for you, bro. But uh, Bet Online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code is ARMCHAIR. Once again, the promo code is ARMCHAIR at checkout. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Now, this happened Friday. Speaking of March Madness and the NCAA men's uh, basketball tournament, our beloved Virginia Tech Hokies lost in overtime to Florida. Um, I didn't see the game. I was working. Uh, Drift yeah. didn't see the game. He was traveling and things. Right. We didn't see the game. And it would not be fair of any of us to critique a game that we didn't watch. So I just want to say personally, shout out to the shout out to the VT men's basketball team. Um, they was they weren't expected to make the tournament. I think they was expected to be like eleventh in the ACC. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to take this time to tip my cap to Mike Young. You want to add any comments? Yeah, uh, I think he did a great job this season, and they're they're setting a foundation. This wasn't this wasn't supposed to be the year, anyways, that they were gonna really go anywhere far. Um, so give them a couple years, and you know next year I'm sure they'll be back in the tournament, and the program's headed in the right direction. So I think even though it's frustrating, it's it's good where we're at, and I think we have a lot to look forward to. 
Got a lot to look forward to. Even with Joe B transferring, um, I think he wanted a, a bigger role. I think I think that news came down with Saturday or Sunday. Um, but um I think he I think he wanted a bigger role. I think he I think Joe would have been a more I, I maybe he saw the um writing on the wall with the uh what's the kid coming in from Wofford? The shooter. What's the oh, I'm what's not the, sure. We got a kid coming in from Walford. Um, it was a white boy. He was, dan- he was dancing. He was dancing at Thanksgiving and shit. It don't matter. We got a kid coming in from Walford. Maybe Joe seen uh, much more of the same, not an increased role. So he transferred out. And um, it might be Storm Murphy. Storm Murphy. That's the kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. but Storm Murphy coming in. Maybe Joe looked at the situation like, eh, I'm. I don't feel like. Yeah, going through the bullshit. The kid knows Storm Murphy knows uh Mike Young already played for him at Wofford. He like, man, let me just go ahead and get the fuck on. So shout out right. to Joe. Um wish it would have worked out here. I mean, he was a top, what, 75 recruit when we got yeah. him. Yeah. So it's dope to even if they don't, you know, change life for you, it's good to land kids of that caliber to just to let people know that we're in the building. Right, oh, um, I think oh, I think Mike so. Young will, Mike Young and his staff will do a good job moving forward of getting their guys that they want in the system. Uh, but maybe maybe Joe just didn't realize how how much of the offense was a system and wanted more of like a a primary role. So good for him. I hope he goes out and does well and has a good career. Right, right, and and hopefully going forward, Mike Young realizes that you cannot. You can get through conference play without a center, but once you get into the tournament, you got to have you a big. You got to have you two big men, sometimes three. You right. got to have you a true center. Like I think that was Buzz's downfall as well, uh, not having a true center on the team. Like, yeah, it definitely hurt, and you you could really see it when they played North Carolina in the ACC tournament. That was very apparent. I mean, I didn't. I don't really know how much of it was that against Florida, but I did watch the North Carolina game, and they were beating us up on the boards and just way bigger. So hopefully, moving forward, they can get some bigger guys because I think that's been a problem for a while. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, even even before Mike Young, we seem to always have a small team playing small lineups. But shout outs to the VT men's basketball, y'all overachieved. This season, I'm not gonna give y'all no shit for losing in the in round one of the yeah. tourney. I ain't gonna give y'all no shit for that. It happens. Even Buzz, I think the first year Buzz made the tournament, we lost like Alabama in the first round. Mm-hmm. With uh, what's younger that played for Cleveland? Colin Sexton and them. We right. lost to Colin Sexton and them in a game that we should have won, honestly. But uh, yeah, we came in this tournament off of like that COVID break too, and that de- that definitely didn't help the team's like chemistry. So. It was tough for them, but moving forward, we should be right. good. Yeah, moving forward, I think we'll be fine. Now, where we're not fine, Virginia Tech spring game has been officially canceled. And the reasoning behind the cancellation is uh, something about COVID guidelines and fans. And if we can't have fans, then there's no reason to have a game, pretty much. But um, an hour maybe an hour after that announcement uh state of virginia basically said uh that 
Virginia COVID restrictions were going to be more relaxed. I think they would have allowed 19,000 fans into the spring game had we had a spring game. Um, I think we as fans all know the real reason why we're not having a spring game, and that's because head coach Justin Fuente is a very secretive coach. He doesn't like access. He doesn't like um, the media idea of our yeah our practice. He doesn't like media attention. And, I mean, I don't think he's ever came out and said this, but a lot of football coaches don't like giving their opponents any kind of take, any kind of advantage, any kind of scouting. He wants to keep all that under wraps until the regular season. That's the true reason why we're not having a spring game. I just think the COVID excuse is weak as fuck. I just yeah. think if they wanted to not have a spring game, then they should have just said that because they just played a full season. Virginia Tech Hokies played a full season with, I think, a thousand fans in the stands and just a camera set up. And they just streamed all the games. We all watched the games from TV. We have a partnership with the ACC network. The ACC network, the ACC network wants content. That's what they're paying for. That's why you sign a TV contract. So the ACC network is saying, look, we don't give a fuck if you put zero fans in the stands. We just need something to show. And right, Virginia cool. Tech said, no. Yeah, because we would have watched. Virginia Tech fans would have tuned in. That's that's easy access. But how you feel about the whole situation? Or am I tripping? Maybe maybe no, COVID I, is the truth. I don't think COVID the is the reason. truth at all. Because if, even if you look at the way that uh, – the team is portrayed on our own social media. I feel like the fans are very distant from the team. I mean, we don't we don't get a lot of like we don't get the type of access to the team on social media that other teams social medias give. Um, and I think it's the same thing where Fuente he doesn't want any media attention. If there's a way that he cannot have a spring game, he's gonna not have a spring game. So I think it's just the perfect excuse for him to be like, oh, okay, yeah, no. You know, unfortunately from COVID, we can't do that. But they're still holding practice. So there's no fucking right. difference. It's not like, right. okay, then hold the practice in the stadium and just record it. Why can't you do that? Or maybe run some drills. Give us something. You know what I mean? But they don't want to give us fucking anything. It's frustrating as from a fan's perspective. Because I want to see these new guys play. I want to see them on the on the fucking field. Right. And game, game scenarios. Exactly. Running real plays. Not not. Even and I seen that suggested. Some people were saying, "Well, because we we're adding a 15th practice instead of having a spring game, we're going to have a 15th practice." And people was like, "Just televise that." I don't even want to see that because if it's one on ones or whatever, no, I want to see 11 on 11, and I want to see one camera angle, not these goofy camera angles and all. The, we can't see who threw the ball. Right. Oh, we can't see what DB was that. No, we want we want a fixed camera angle, and I want game time reps. I want to see a two minute drill. I want to see if Burmeister can run a two minute drill. I want to see. I mean, he would have been in a non contact jersey, but I want to see if he was, you know, how his ball handling in the option game. And I right. want to see if uh, Blackshear got better. Like that's what right. we want to see. Exactly. And it's, so it's a fan's job. It's a fan's job to want to hope and anticipate that the team got better. And I just think we got robbed again of that opportunity. 
Right. It's got to be frustrating for the players too, you know, because that's got to be fun to play in a spring game against your fucking teammates and shit and go out there and dress mm. up, act like it's a game in the middle of the spring. And they, they don't get to do that either. So I feel like that right. as a player, I don't think they're going to respect the coaching staff any more for their decision. If anything, it's going to make them lose respect and for canceling it. So I think it hurts the team dynamic too, which is even more of a problem. So I just, I don't know. I think it's such a cop-out that they went with this option. And it hurts. It doesn't hurt Trey Turner. It doesn't hurt, uh, you know, like the seniors. It don't, it don't hurt right. the upper class, but we know who they are. It hurts the incoming freshmen, you know, like a um, like like Strowman or somebody who you put yeah. them on that platform and they, all they got to make is one play. Maybe on the like spring a spring game platform. Yeah. A Tyree Saunders, maybe. Yes. And then the fans, oh, whoa. They get, you know, let me follow this kid. Let me, let yeah. me Tyree Saunders. Okay. It, that That is the perfect platform to help build the next stars at Virginia Tech. And it's something fun for the team. Because I remember, and we haven't seen the spring game since Frank Beamer days, where I think the winning team, got like steak and the other team had pork and beans shit like that yeah. just you know make it fun it's like, yeah, <sighs> these kids want to have fun they're fucking kids they want to go out yeah, and have man. fun they want to play football let you, them play football you already you already asking all these kids for for going on another season to and we know they still doing their thing but don't do your thing. Don't don't be out here in these streets. Stay in your rooms. You know, just be about football one hundred and ten percent. But you don't ever want to throw them a bone. And it's like this is exactly why people want to transfer out. This is exactly why like they didn't want to play a bowl game because you don't do shit for them. Right. So, they and, always like. And, and, uh, they just never. They never meet the players halfway. You know what I mean. They go like they they make the players have to come all the way to the coaching staff. The coaching staff, I feel like from what we've seen, they don't go the extra mile to be like, okay, you know what? Let's have a spring game for these kids. Let's do at least something for them. Even if it ain't for them, do it for us. Because we yeah. want us keeping the fucking lights on in that motherfucker. Right. They need to stop playing with us, man. Meet us halfway too. With Babcock say shit like, man, they always talk about money, money, money. But the the vibes I get from Whit Babcock and Fuente, it's like, give us money and get the fuck out the way. Shut up. Don't say nothing. Don't comment on nothing. Don't want to have a spring game. Don't show up to a spring game. Just donate. Give us money. Go buy tickets when you can. Buy shirts when you can. And shut the fuck up. Oh. And that is not how things work. Yeah, and they want okay, so they want money. So why don't we we have a spring game so you can generate revenue? I mean, right, the ACC network would have. I don't know if the ACC network is going to give them money regardless for not having a spring game. Um, well, now if, apparently if we could case, have nineteen thousand fans. So fuck it, run it at the stadium, have people there, and make money off them. I mean, make money, sell turkey legs, have a fish fry. Oh fuck, make money. Set the it's cap like, at how many? They want to have the money, but they don't want the fan engagement. They don't even want to work for the fucking money either, it seems. They just want it. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just want the money. Like, like I said on Twitter, this shit is it's like it's like 
like being friends with a stripper. Have you ever been friends with a stripper? Hell no. Like friend, like friends. Like okay, I I have been like <laughs> actual friends with strippers and shit. And this is how that goes. You you hit up your stripper friend as your friend, right? Like yeah, let, me, let me see what she's doing, and she'll say, "Oh, come see me at the club." <laughs> Why? Give me money. <laughs> Give her exactly. They want the money. They want the support. Mind you, if you go to the club, they're not going to treat you like they know you. <laughs> right. They're going to treat you. They're going to treat you like everybody else. Exactly. Right. So that's what being a Virginia Tech fan is like. It's like being friends with a stripper or friends with a girl that work at Hooters. If, if that's more relatable for some that don't go to strip clubs. It's <laughs> like being friends with a Hooters girl. Oh, come to the restaurant. Come up to Hooters. Yeah, for what? I'm not hungry. Just come up. <laughs> That's being a hokey fan. And let me say something to Justin Fuente. Let me tell you something, bro. Everybody in conference is having a spring game but us and Louisville. Every one of our opponents that had a spring game, you got to fuck them up because you got an advantage over them. They don't got no tape on you. You're going to have tape on them. So... As of right now, we have an advantage on our opponents, correct? Apparent, I guess so. I don't really think. Okay, then. I don't really buy you that. You gotta beat though. them opponents. I don't buy the shit either, but I'm just mad at Fuente. Because yeah. he always on some whole shit. For every opponent that we played that had a spring game, we officially have an advantage over them. According to him, so, yes, sir. We better have an advantage. <laughs> and they don't got scouting on us. And I think another reason why they don't want to have a spring game, why they definitely didn't want to have a spring game. I think they wanted to hide Braxton Burmeister from the fans, not the opponents. I think if they can just give us nuggets, little quotes, Braxton's getting better. Oh, man, the kids right. got way better. If we would have seen him play game reps, spring game reps, albeit with a non-contact jersey, and he was throwing passes to the sideline, and he was throwing passes out the stadium, and he was fucking up reads and shit. Yeah. We would have been on Twitter like, you let Hendon Hooker and Quincy Patterson go for this. And people, uh, it would have been a it would have been a Twitter mutant. I think, and I'm this is my conspiracy hat. This ain't what I know. We're fans here. I don't got no sources. But I think they wanted to have Burmeister from us, the quote mob. What, right. What's your thoughts on that? I think they probably would as well. I mean, Burmeister didn't exactly play like he was better than Hooker. You know what I mean? And so if he comes out in the spring game after Hooker transfers and he's still obviously not better than Hooker, it's I feel like the fans are going to backlash and they don't want any part of that. So right. It makes sense for that. I mean, it, may, it makes sense to me of why they would do that. I think it's stupid. I think it's – but – I understand why they're doing it. I think they hit him. And then you got Knox, Kadem, and I think they were just like, yo, let's hide the quarterbacks. Let's yeah. let's just let's just let's hide. No, they're not the at this point, we're not hiding the offense. Or I mean, yeah, or the defense. I mean also, what other quarterback, Taj Bullock? What if they all look like shit? You know how bad the team is gonna look <laughs> on fucking TV? Right. So it I might be like a fucking zero to zero at the end of the game. Nobody scores. 
and the fans go nuts on Twitter. Yeah, I, I, it's just a theory of mine. I'm, you know, that like I'm a fan, so that's just my theory. I think they wanted to protect Braxton Burmeister from motherfuckers like us on Twitter, like quoting all, like quote tweeting and shit. Like, yo, what the fuck? Yeah. We let QP go for this. And let's say Tennessee has their spring game. I don't know if Tennessee's having one or not. And and Hendon Hooker looks starter capable. He might not light the world on fire, but let's say he looks like a capable starter. Now you got that going again. I think they say, you know what? Let's not put Burmeister out there until we absolutely have to. I agree. And the other thing, too, is like if Burmeister gets hurt, we don't really have much options either. I don't think he, they would have put the non-contact jersey. It's Bur- they're not hitting. They well, I know, but him. I'm saying like a non-contact right. injury of some sorts. But I mean, right. not that. Yeah. I'm, well, I mean in the, I mean next season yeah. as well. Like if he gets hurt right. during the season oh, next yeah, year, yeah. it's not like they have somebody that that can back him up easily. As opposed to him this past year with Hooker, they were both older quarterbacks. Yeah, so, Hooker and Patterson. Now it's like you gotta stay healthy, bro. <laughs> yeah, because it's you what, stay healthy. Knox it's Knox. Adams. Yeah. yeah. Fort Knox. <laughs> and we saw him a little bit last year in that one game at the end. Uh, yeah, what was that, Clemson? I think so. Was that Clemson, Clemson or, or UVA? It might be Clemson I and UVA. Was, I think it was, yeah. I think it was Clemson, a little bit of UVA, but he's definitely not what we want to roll out for a fucking starting lineup. No, not yet. Not yet, at least. Yeah. And the kid, yet, oh, yeah, and the kid from Texas and m Blum, Blumrick. Forgot about him. Yeah. I forgot about him, too. Yeah, is he, Blumrick. Is he older? I think this is, I think he got one year eligibility. Uh, yeah, let me check this mm-hmm. up real quick. He is a, uh, he's a junior right now. 6'5 junior. Oh, so he got two seasons left. Yeah. Big, big mobile kid too. Um, yeah, he's six five. That's pretty big. Two fifteen. I wouldn't be so. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought him in to do the QP stuff. Okay, you are gonna be the QP power? Yeah. QB power guy. You are gonna be the interior QB runner while Burmeister? Because Burmeister's fast. Burmeister's a legit athlete, but he's not big like uh Patterson. He's not even big like Hooker is. So right. they probably figure to run. Burmeister outside outside zone shit like that. Bring in the Blumrick kid that's like a belldozer type package. That's on that's that's what I foresee. Cause Knox That makes sense. Knox ain't Knox ain't Knox ain't hitting on shit yet. Right. So any man. other spring news and notes that we need to be aware of? Uh it, I I was reading an athletic article the other day. Let me uh let me pull it up real quick. I have a little quote from Trey Turner talking about last season. Uh, and the wide receiver room last year was 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 weak, and most of it was because it was just Trey Turner and uh, Tavion Robinson were the only two that were really doing anything. Because I think the other person – let me just find this real quick. But the only other person that uh, – yeah, it was Caleb Smith, and he only accounted for I think under 200 yards of total offense. So it was just mm-hmm. it was just Turner, and but Turner did say in the in the article that he is putting on weight 
um, and he expects a bigger role and he's embracing being a leader. Uh, he says that he is working up to get to 195 this spring. He says, quote, eating four to five meals a day. If I miss any meals, I'm cheating myself, honestly, he said. Uh, so mm-hmm. it would be really nice to see him at 195 this next year. Um, if, if, if Trey Turner is at 195, because I think he's, what, like 180 or some shit, 180. I think he plays at like 180 or 185. Right. He gets. So it says he 187. Right. Any, 187. He hasn't suffered any major injuries, but he gets banged up a lot. Nicks and neck, nick and right. neck injuries. With where I think maybe with some more weight, he'll be a little more durable. Game in and game out. Yeah, and uh, the other thing too is he he runs a lot with the ball, and so being a little bit bigger could help him a lot as well. Uh, but going back to what I said about him and Tavion are accounting for uh they accounted for 72 catches 1,121 yards and six touchdowns last season but for the rest of the offense it was 13 catches for 131 yards and one touchdown from the receivers and that was so that's Caleb Smith that's Caleb Smith uh, and whoever the fuck the, else was the catching kid from ball. the kid from Villanova Changa yeah, Hodge Changa Hodge Evan Fairs Right, so so they all combined for like the one hundred, yep. something yards. So that so just, that that doesn't. So obviously that doesn't include because I I include James Mitchell in the pass catches obviously, but yeah, he's that's not a just, wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, that's just wide receiver room that they're talking about. Because if that was everybody else, Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be a fucking Jesus problem. Christ. That's for sure. That'd be a huge Jesus problem. Christ. And and uh, Khalil Herbert caught screen passes and shit too. So, yeah, he was catching screen passes every fucking game. He probably caught a screen pass once a once a drive. So yeah, I this is I mean shit. This is Trey Turner's money year. I don't think he wants to even if they was granted that extra year because of COVID. Right. I don't foresee him coming back next year so this is his money season and i said it in a live stream a long time ago i can't remember which season but it would it would break my heart if trey turner goes seventh round or undrafted after being the uh, ambassador and leader for virginia tech in a shitty era yeah he stepped up even in that 2018 season when motherfuckers was transferring left and right and the program took a hit he put his face out there and said no i'm going to step up and become a leader for virginia tech him and dax um hollyfield so if trey turner was the after wearing this logo on his chest and being a leader on and off the field it ain't always been perfect um but being a great representation for vt if he was to end up being as a seventh round dude or undrafted dude at the bottom of somebody's practice squad. That shit would break my heart. I just think yeah. that Trey Turner at the end of his Virginia Tech career should at least say, I got drafted in the fifth round or the sixth round. But um I don't want to see that man yeah. um uh, barely just- hang on the roster. It, it fucks me up seeing Cam Phillips and Isaiah Ford barely hang on the roster spot. Yeah. I agree. And the, I don't know. It, it sucks too if that were to happen because he could have 
he could have left this off season. I was honestly kind of surprised he didn't because I was telling him I was telling him to get the fuck on. Yeah, he was. I mean, he's close with Hennon Hooker, and uh, he was. He's from the same area as DJ Cross and too, and none of them are here anymore. So he could have very easily left this off season and he stayed. So I mean, hopefully right. he does. Hopefully he has a good year next year. I'm really hoping for it. Cause right, maybe right. the Damon, maybe the Damon Hazelton transfer played a role because Damon Hazelton was one of our. He was the go-to guy. He goes to Missouri and he's just like the third guy, third or fourth guy. And now I think Damon Hazelton is trying for the NFL with like no buzz, with like no yeah. NFL buzz. So maybe he, maybe he's seen it ain't always the grass ain't always green on the other side. Too. Yeah, and Eric Kuma left, and his career kind of went down as well. Kuma, Kuma's coming back for ODU. That's gonna be interesting to see. Yeah, Kuma's coming back. He, I think he put his name out there. They probably said, like, "Look, man, we need more." He's like twenty three right now, right? Yeah, yeah. In terms, uh, uh, there isn't I... anybody. Kurt right. Warner was bagging groceries. All <laughs> sometimes all you need is a shot. Oh yeah, no, it's true. The only it just it's very it definitely hurts your draft stock and it's very oh, tough yeah. as a as a receiver to entering the draft as a twenty one year old is definitely much different than going in as a twenty four year old. Yeah, uh, like I mean the only one I could think of was Calvin Ridley and he was a first round pick. But mm-hmm. he had first round talent. I think he was coming into the league at twenty four and they was right. like, Man, he old as shit. What can we do with that? Exactly. So, I mean, it, Michael Pittman was. That's Calvin Ridley. <laughs> so yeah, it'd be like that. I mean, they, that's what they're talking about right now with Devontae Smith. He, they're saying, if he was, if he was like twenty-one, he would be easily the first wide receiver in the class. But they're putting Jamar Chase because he's younger. How old is Devontae Smith? What twenty-two? Yeah, be that old. he's twenty-two. Oh, okay. I, think. I think he might be turning twenty-three next season, though. His old age. Yeah, he's 22 and he turns 23 in November. So, but Jamar Chase is young as shit. He's, he's only 20. Shout out years to old. the NFL. They want to keep your ass young and cheap for as long as possible. Right. Fountain of fucking youth. That's what got Tremaine Edmonds on. He was like, he was like 19 yeah, when he, he got drafted. Fucking 19. He was, he was, young, he was young as shit. Big as shit. Yeah, he was like, oh my God. I think he turned 20, like, when the season started. But he was 19 on draft day. Right. They was like, oh, yeah, we can work with that. <laughs> yes, sir. That was a that was a great draft for the Bills, getting him and Allen in the same draft. But Right. And I thought Josh Allen was going to be some shit. I thought I so, too. I was like, Wyoming? I got a rule oh, no. of thumb. If you sorry at Wyoming, what? <laughs> like, like let's be, people say he struggled at Wyoming. No, he was sorry at Wyoming. And I said he about to be good in the league. And he was sorry in college, but uh, no, nah, he had the physical talent, and they maximized it. Shout out to the Buffalo Bills, even though yeah. they did Tyrod Taylor wrong. Max. Uh, that's another topic for another day. Let's move on. But before we move on, eBay sneakers, uh, rather dead, rare dead stock of the latest release. Find the exact shoe you're looking for on eBay. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. 
a team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, the logo, the stitching, dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity and is customized with the sneakers details. Authenticity guarantee also protects others with a verified return process. It's free. To sell sneakers $100 and up on eBay and also in partnership with eBay, Armchair Media will be raffling off four custom-made sneakers. Each purchase you, each purchase you make before March 31st through eBay.com slash sneakers will enter you into a drawing for a one-of-one one pair of Air Force One low tops. Just send a screenshot of your purchase to at Armchair Media on Twitter or Instagram and bet online bet online uh now use the promo code armchair at checkout that's bet online they got you covered for all the news scores odds the best place for your bets it's free to sign up like I said promo code armchair bet online just online sportsbook experts now also going on during all this um, you got March Madness and all these bracket is bracket season. There's uh D Connor, shout out to D Connor. He got the uh VT Twitter bracket, the infamous VT Twitter bracket, a bracket so infamous. The motherfuckers got talking last year about murking people. This shit, this shit is serious business. This VT Twitter bracket, man. Um, I'm a part of it. I was a 28 seed, um, and I'm as of right now, March the 24th. I'm still alive, still in the building. You know, I felt like I, I was a 28 seed going up against Tech Sideline. They tried to get me the fuck out of here early, but the streets will never, ever, ever, ever let me down. Streets took care of that. Um, I went up against Damian Silas. He um is the webmaster for Hokie Sports. Another time, I probably was supposed to catch an L. Any other normal 28C probably would have caught the L. And then I went up against Lays. John Laser had to pack his ass up. So, um, right now, we're moving strong in the Twitter bracket, man. Um, I know you was in Miami and you were doing your thing to be concerned about stupid shit like Twitter polls. But uh, you've been keeping up with some of the action? Yeah, it looks it looks pretty good. And it looks like you're gonna be up against a Diablo fan account pretty soon. 
and I think the winner of that is going to take it home. But I think it shows how big of a, of a following you have and how much of a community that you've built over the years on Twitter uh, compared to some of the other people, even though they have jobs at Virginia Tech or are announcers or whatever the fuck they are, you still have a, a very a very big following, a very loyal following as well. So I think it's cool to see all of it play out and beat some of those guys who um, yeah. are up there. I just wanted to beat Tech Sideline because Tech Sideline has over 17,000 Twitter followers. I have maybe 2,000. So to see the underdog go up, and this wasn't even about me. Like, when 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 it says Don V against Tech Sideline, you basically saying the underground because because we we are the kings of the we are the kings of the VT Twitter underground. We claim that we stamped that. So it was basically like putting up putting the streets up against Tech Sideline, and the streets won. That was a big moment for me. Like the other wins, I could care less. Honestly, it was the Tech Sideline one where um. That's the one I'm most proud of. That's like my, that's like my, uh, my hood Oscar. That's like my hood Emmy. That's one. I, that's one I'm gonna always remember. Beating Tech Sideline in the Twitter bracket with Tech Sideline on Tech Sideline saying, "Hey, bro, we need votes," and they still got their ass smoked going up against the streets, man. Um, I guess I guarantee I you next year. I can't year, thank the community be- enough. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, oh, bro, better have me a top four seed. He need to stop yeah. playing with me. Yes, sir. You better be Shout one or two. Connor, man. Shout out to D Connor, man. That's the bro. I think he's from the seven five seven. So, anytime somebody from the seven five, then he should have knew what the fuck was gonna happen. Then he should have <laughs> knew. Then he should have knew I wasn't one to be played with. But shout out to D Connor, man. Salute to what he's doing. Um, I'm a supporter of his. Definitely, big time. Um, also, shout out to Diablo fan account. That's the homie. <laughs> shout out yeah. to the homie. I, hey, if he got to get his ass packed up too, it is. It is what it is, man. We smoking gang, got the gang. That's how we doing things. But uh, shout out to Diablo fan account, man. That's the homie. Yes, sir. That's going to be a big matchup, I think. Oh, yeah. That's the that's the uh, championship. That's the yeah. championship right there. That's like the championship before the championship when you know it was yeah. like the rest of the teams are garbage and yeah. Right. This is the SEC championship. Like, okay, okay. When Bama plays, whoever wins the East, that's the real national championship. And then like the real game is played. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. The championship game is played. So he Bama though. Let me be clear. I'm the underdog going into this one again. He's Bama. I'm Georgia. Or Florida, or whatever. <laughs> exactly. That man got that man got a that man got a, a serious serious Twitter following. Um, I mean, he just I had his fucking account deleted. I mean, yeah. yeah, he got his account deleted. And he came right back strong. I got I got to put respect on his name. But yeah, shout, shout out to y'all. I got some. I want to get if he want to engage in the goofy shit. Come at me, bro. What I'm saying. Come at me. At the end of the day, this shit is what I'm basically saying. The people want to see us. I don't know none of them other people on the other side of that bracket. I didn't go to the school. I beam his ass up. Like he might create memes and all that shit. Yeah, shout out to Zoe. Zoe and the Sweet Sixteen too. Shout out to our guys. We can definitely take it. Y'all already know we all. Gang shit. Shout out shout out to all my dogs at TP2. Y'all know how we rocking. 
Um, I think that's I think that we're the remaining survivors of TP two. That's in the bracket though. Scott got his ass smoked. Who else got smoked? Scott got his ass. Scott got done. Scott got done dirty. Scott got his ass smoked. <laughs> Shout out to Scott though. But uh, what else going on, man? Anything else? Uh, I do have. I will. I will just put this in here real quick. Uh, I would mm-hmm. in this uh, in this athletic article. There is two other quotes that the guy people might want to hear. Uh, Raheem Blackshear said, he said, "quote I was missing a lot of open gaps. I was hitting a lot of stuff too fast." He said, "So by me slowing down, now I got a chance to make my reads, make the right cuts." Uh, he was talking about Khalil Herbert because they were roommates last season, and he said. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that Herbert would wake up every morning and attack everything like business. Very smart kid. So I think he learned a lot from him. It'll be cool to see if he does well for us next year. Because a lot of people like Blackshear a lot. I've heard that. Yeah, he, before the season. Yeah, a lot of buzz around him that he's very athletic. So that's Yeah, definitely- it was a lot of hype around Blackshear last season. He had that thing with the NCAA where, like, they didn't know. We didn't know if he could get cleared to play or not. Right. And he we got made- cleared to play. And we was hyped, and oh, this is our best back. And it turned out to be Herbert, because of what you said, his patience, waiting for holes to develop. And we have a, we run a zone blocking scheme. So mm-hmm. if you kind of outrun your blocking, no matter how much ability you have, you're not going nowhere. And a lot of times they ran, uh, they ran black shield like outside, like outside zone plays, and. He would just run into people, either run into his line or run into the defense where where Herbert always knew his cutback lanes. Herbert was a natural. Like Herbert mm-hmm. but he's Herbert wasn't the most explosive back we've ever seen. Obviously we had David Wilson and uh, Ryan Williams and we had some more explosive backs. Even Tony Gregory. People don't give Tony Gregory his props for being like fast. Tony Gregory was a fast back. Herbert, while he wasn't as explosive as them, he was explosive enough to make big plays. But I think his biggest asset was his patience and his vision. That's what yes. made him a, a, a such a great back. Right, he could see he could see every hole. His I think his balance too was really good. Right, because he would always get he he. I think he led the. I could I I might be. Bullshit, but I'm pretty sure he led the NCAA in like broken tackles for a while because PFF was eating him up. They thought he was like the best back in the country for a while. But yeah, he he, he definitely he definitely might have led the NCAA in broken tackles at least at the P5 level because there's always some G5 dude that's like God. (laughs) Yeah, that we don't know about. But um, it's that 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 one at the P5 uh, level. The what's that? The guy from Buffalo, Jarrett Patterson or whatever. He had like right. fucking eight, eight touchdowns in one game. Right. It's always a God G5 dude that comes out of nowhere. Like, who was the dude from San Diego State? And he was just slick having 2,000 yard seasons. Oh, uh, was it Rashad, Rashad Penny. It was another yeah. one. They had two of them. Mm-hmm. It was another one. Think. I can't even think of his name. But uh, yeah, just, just having slick greatness. <laughs> right. Who's that, that fall down the G5 that people don't really think about or give a chance to, right. and they tear it it's up? Some, it's some legit talent down in that G5. Shit, it's some talent coming out of Memphis. Yeah. Got to your boy. 
Memphis <laughs> put like three backs in the league after your boy left. That's crazy. Yeah. Exactly. They put uh a Does your dad I can't even that... think of my dude. He played uh he plays for Washington. He played at Memphis. Um Gibson? Henderson. Gibson, yeah. And then yeah. you got uh a guy that plays for Dallas. The Rams oh. have won too. And a, and a guy that plays for the Rams. They put three backs in the league and they all getting serious reps. Yeah. And they all came from Memphis. That's why we was on Fuente ass so hard about running backs because honestly, Herbert played here, but he wasn't he wasn't uh recruited by Fuente. He was he didn't come up under this. Yeah, he was. Fuente was struggling. Fuente was struggling to get his own backs, uh, you know, recognition and thousand yard seasons and shit. Right. That's why I hate like hanging the coaching staff's hat on like Herbert. You know what I mean? Because he wasn't. It's not like they built him. You know, I guess they found yeah, him they, from Memphis and they he found him, and he was a yeah. perfect fit for the scheme. Right. Obviously, I've I've compared Khalil Herbert to um. Another zone scheme running back, uh, Arian Foster. And every time I watch Khalil Herbert play, I think Arian Foster, because like you said, like the vision, the balance, he has enough speed. Arian Foster wasn't a burner either, but had enough enough speed to make a defense pay. Like you can't just be asleep because he can't score, but vision, uh, balance, enough power because Herbert – is a he's not a big Deuce Staley with Deuce McAllister. He's not big like Deuce McAllister, but he can still run through arm tackles. That was Arian Foster, man. Yeah, he was. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask, ask the listeners to go back and watch Arian Foster tape, and then go back and then put on Khalil Herbert tape. You might see the same dude. No, I agree. And Herbert, Herbert actually had a, some sneaky power. He was. He he, right. he could like truck people too. I mean, I remember seeing him put some dudes on their ass. Right, right. So um, I hope that Khalil Herbert is. Um, I mean, maybe he's picked up in the fifth round, sixth round. I know as a 49er fan, he could he would definitely fit our zone uh, running scheme with the shit that Kyle Shanahan does. But um, I don't think Kyle Shanahan will want Herbert because. Herbert lacks the top end speed because our running back shit, Raheem Mostert is fast as shit. Like, mm-hmm. I think I think Kyle Shanahan wants like speed, speed. Like I say, Herbert ain't slow at all, but he's not Raheem Mostert either. So, right, it'll be interesting what he what he runs for his forty. I think his forty time is either gonna break or make his uh, draft stock because everything else checks out. He's He's got all everything else in terms of the balance, the vision, the patience, uh, the character, the character, the character, the blocking. You saw him in the the, yeah. well, the senior bowl, putting that dude from OSU on his ass. Right. Um, so he could right. even if he gets drafted in the in the fourth, fifth, maybe even sixth round, he gets. I he'll definitely make the roster and be a good back oh, yeah. in the NFL because he can catch the ball too and he can play in space. So he'll be all right, right. And, he can, and he'll hang around the league too. Right. He'll definitely he'll definitely hang around the league. If he runs, I don't think he'll run a four four. I would be blown away if he runs a four four. If he runs, if, well, if he, he runs, runs a four four, five, he might hit. He if he runs a four yeah, four, he he's might, gonna he might be third, in the third round. Third round, yeah. <laughs> right? 
Yeah, but um, if he go if he goes four or five, I think he's I think he I think he he is solidified getting drafted, and whatever reps he puts up on the bench. But if he goes four or five, he does good on the bench press. I think he's a he's a lock to get drafted at the very least. If he goes yes. four six four seven, <sighs> yeah, that that it won't be looking good. So, I mean, hopefully hopefully he does well and gets there because I feel like Virginia Tech's going to have uh, a pretty good time at the draft this year with, between uh, Caleb Farley, Darsaw, uh, yeah. Diablo, Diablo, and, and, mm-hmm. yeah, and, I, and I, Herbert. I seen a tweet. I seen a tweet from this guy who claims to be a draft guy. He wasn't Mel Kuyper. He wasn't Todd McShay. He wasn't Matt Miller or none of those guys, Daniel Jeremiah. But he claims to be a draft guy. And he was saying, um, his tweet said something like, just got done watching uh, Divine Diablo. He's one of the most exciting players I've watched. And I could definitely see him being a day three guy. So we need to get more people talking. I think Diablo, I think Diablo just on his physical traits will get drafted. Where? I don't know. But I think on his physical traits alone, and he was a captain and he, Got a lot of fucking tape. Um, I think he'll get drafted on physical traits alone. All that next Cam Chancellor shit. No, that's a little, ah, that's, that's far fetched. I don't I don't think I don't think that's there. Much. That's a little much. I think Diablo, like three seasons ago, before he had like his knee injury, I think he was fat. I think he was more explosive before the knee injury. I might be tripping. No, I think he was, but he's definitely smarter and more and stronger now, which I guess is kind of more of his game, but All right. So what do you do with Diablo? Do you play him free safety, strong I, safety? No, you definitely package don't. linebacker. Like what where, where would you if you were defensive coordinator, where would how would you use Diablo in the uh, uh NFL? I'm putting well the well the thing is is at, at Virginia Tech he did he can read a defense from the backside. So you can mm-hmm. you can rotate him and play him as a middle safety and he won't be an absolute liability, which is good. That's a plus. I think he I think though you play him primarily in the box and I think he can cover tight ends in the NFL because of his size and that might be what teams want him for. So I don't know. These tight ends are crazy. Yeah, they're These crazy. tight ends are good. But just his size is inviting for teams. I think that's, that might be where they want to try him and try to see if he can play that. But I think he, I think he can play in a lot of different spots, which might make him uh, a better prospect than we initially thought. But his top-end speed, I think, might be a little bit of a problem. We'll see where he ends up. I think... After the pro day, like we said for Herbert, we might have more of an idea where these guys are going to be. All right. If I was playing, if I was playing Diablo, if I was a defensive coordinator, I think I would make him like the sub package line. I think I would bring him in on passing down and have him and pass the linebacker. Right. And right. anything coming out the backfield, you kill his ass. Mm-hmm. I think that would be his best role. I don't think he got the the hips to be running <laughs> center field. I don't think he got the hips. I think, and I think covering these tight ends. I mean, Kyle Pitts is a tight end these days. 
Kyle Pitts is a wide right. receiver 10 years ago. But Kyle, Kyle Pitts is like the biggest outlying tight end that has came out of, since, of Vernon da- since Vernon Davis. Yeah, I mean, Kyle, any, Kyle, Kyle Pitts, Pitts is, is going like to get drafted that. in the first five first five picks. I don't, he's not going to make it past true. the Bengals. But, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how he can play in the NFL. But yeah, I think I think after this this pro day, you know, we'll be able to see where these guys are gonna be, and after they measure and their three cones and forties and shit like that, I guess they're gonna have more buzz right. around them as well. Because like after USC just had their pro day, I think was it today or yesterday, and it was all over Twitter. So I think once we have ours, it, they'll be talked about, and then they might be slotted more into the where they're gonna be drafted at. All right, and let's be clear, VZ. Fuente, I don't never ask you for nothing. Can you please cook the books like everybody else? I want a I want Star Wars numbers. I want I want uh Kayla Farley doing like a four one forty. I want Herbert <laughs> doing four I want four three nine Herbert. I need Diablo run a four four five. I need Darisaw to run a four five. Like man, they said Rondell Moore from Purdue got like a 43 inch vert. <laughs> That's NBA. Rondell Moore is my size. <laughs> what yeah. a 43 inch vert. And he ran a 429. Now he, Rondell Moore might be a 43 guy. I, I'm not going to sit up here and argue that. I think Rondell Moore is a 43 guy. 429. I don't think so. But this, get that 40 something inch vert the fuck out of here, man. That's like T Mac shit. Get the- <laughs> yeah, no way. Cook the books, Fuente. Cook the fucking books, man. How the hell still that shit? Yeah. Cook the books, man. Kayla Farley better run a fucking 4-2. That shit needs right. to happen. Even if they got... Even if Kayla Farley is a legit 4-3-8 guy. Cook the books. Yup. 4-2-8, man. Give him a full... Tenth of a second, faster right. than whatever he runs. Exactly. Cook the books, man. Cook the fucking books. Cal Pitts ran a four. I think Cal Pitts ran a four four six at Florida Pro Day. The books are getting cooked across the country. Fuente, yeah. I ain't never asked you for. Actually, I did ask you for a lot, but I'm asking you for this one thing. Cook the motherfucking books, man. It's the only year we get to lie, so let's lie. Cook the books, man. Anything else going on? I think that's all that I got. Unless that's, you got something else. That is it for Don V Fridays. We want to thank y'all for rocking with us, making us the best Virginia Tech podcast in the lands, kings of the underground. Um, I got nothing much to add, but, man, TP2, man, whole lot that's of gang shit going on. Uh, DM me. DM me. If you want to know what TP2 is, DM me. Yes, and I'll either give you an explanation. You might be ganged in or you might just get ignored. That's how that shit rocking, man. Vote for me. Diablo fan account is a fucking pack. That shit is over with. Um, <laughs> thank, and shout out to Drift, man. You didn't catch AIDS, man. Went out of Miami and survived. Yes, sir. I survived. But uh, yeah, thank, thank you, Don V, for having me on this podcast. So it's been a fucking blast so far. I'm excited for... Uh... Just keep doing it, and uh, thanks for everybody listening and and the support. So, good shit. Yeah, man. Until next week, God bless.